Hi, this is Nicole Roberts-Jones, and welcome to the Faith, Purpose, Profit, what I like to call the FPP podcast. What I know for sure is that one of life's greatest gifts will meet you when you go after living as the highest and best version of who God created you to be. So here's where I share thought-provoking insight and behind-the-curtain conversations that will activate you into your next level. See, I'm not here for who you already are, but for who you have not yet become. And I want you to get this. One idea from these episodes can make a remarkable difference, not just in your purpose-focused business, but in your life. Also, make sure you join the conversation in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com. Now grab your pen as we begin today's session of the Faith Purpose Profit Podcast. In this episode of FPP Live, again, a time I connect with you every Monday at 7 p.m. EST, our conversation for tonight, for this episode, is why your business is stuck in second gear. Why your business is stuck in second gear. The thing that is really sad is so many of you think you're doing well in business, and then all of a sudden something's not working, you know why, because you're stuck in second gear. Or many of you won't ever get to the level that's available for you because you keep, you stay stuck in second gear. So I want to make sure that you understand where you are, give you context, let you assess where you are, tell you why it's not working in that place, and give you tools to move it forward. That sound good to you? So as I share this with you, let me tell you what I mean by second gear. So I am an automatic kind of girl when it comes to driving a car. So I learned how to drive a stick, and I really wasn't good at it. So I remember moving from first gear to second gear, and then I'd stay in second gear because it was easy. And to be honest with you, if I'm going to keep it all the way real, I would get scared to move it into fourth or fifth gear because that means that I was going faster and I was doing something that I was afraid of. I wasn't willing to take a risk. And what I know is the place you grow is not going to be an average or mediocre. The place that God is going to use you is not going to be in a place that you've settled or you've set in easy. It's going to take you revving up to go after what's next for you. And that's what I mean by your business is stuck in second gear. And so our Bible verse that is our foundation for this part one of our conversation is Proverbs 1.23. Now, this is actually Solomon who is warning that it's disastrous to ignore wisdom. You see, wisdom says that we need to seek counsel when we feel like we're an average, that we've got to move and grow ourselves. And so Proverbs 1.23 says, for the turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. So that turning away of the simple, it's like, like you're ignoring what you see. You know that you're sitting in simple and you're going to act like it's not there. You're going to act like, oh, this isn't simple. Yeah, you know it's simple. You know it's easy. You know that you could be working harder. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Because when you're complacent, you're settling. And so what I really want to do is walk you through eight areas. I'm going to walk you through four here in part one, and then I'll tell you about about part two momentarily. But I want to walk you through the eight areas that could keep you complacent only if you let them. Listen, one of my favorite quotes, "Deliberate deliberate mediocrity is a sin. Because God didn't create you to be mediocre or to settle or to live in good enough. Listen, if you're going to go after abundantly above all you ask or think, that's not good enough. That's not mediocre. That's not settling. That's not in second gear. So I wanted you to take some time to really look at where are you in living out your purpose? Because you've got to understand your purpose is bigger than you. It's why God created you. It's why you are here and how God wants to use you. Okay. So you got your pen because you guys know I'm going to go all the way in. So there are eight things you've got to look at. And some of you will be bumping up against several areas. Be honest with yourself. As I walk you through these seven, I want you to assess where you are. And then the second thing I'm going to do is show you where you get strategy, okay? So the first area you want to look at, first thing is keeping you in second gear, is you're following someone else's definition of success. I see so many people that listen to their family because their family says, oh, you should be this. Or you started off in one place, and because you had that original plan for your life, when you try to do something else, people remind you, oh, didn't you say you want it? 
And you've got to know that no one else can define success for you. It's, that's a, a conversation between you and God. And when you let perception or other people's judgment or what other people think you should do stand in the way of your brilliance, of your calling, of your purpose, you'll sit in second gear. You know, this reminds me of a conversation I had with Sophia Nelson, who's a girlfriend of mine and who has been a client. And I remember Sophia said, now Sophia is now a political pundit. She's on CNN and MSNBC. You see her on the Griot writing and you see her all over the place. Those of you that know who uh, Sophia Nelson is. Now, Sophia started as a lawyer and she got to a place in her career where she knew she had a choice. She could actually say yes to the offer on the table to be a partner in her law firm, or she could follow the thing that was rumbling in her soul. And as she puts it, she had a choice to go up or go out. God was calling her out to go in journalism, which is the thing she always wanted to do. She stopped listening to all the people that told her she should be partner, that she's a stay in legal. And when I look at her on CNN and I watch her phenomenal legal mind, I realize that you cannot listen to anybody else's definition for you, but God, see, you've got to pick up the author. I mean, you've got to pick up the pen <laughs> and write the definition that defines your life. But that definition is poured into you by God. That's why Habakkuk 2, uh, 2 says, write the vision. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. But here's the Bible verse in, align, in alignment with you. You've got to follow your own definition, the definition that was placed on you by God. It's Psalms 139, 13 through 16 that says, I, and it starts with, I know that full well, but here's where it starts. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed bodies. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I'm going to read that one more time because I was kind of deep. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. See, God makes you in a place that nobody sees. That's between you and God. Even your parents, even your mother who birthed you, didn't see you, but God did. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. See, God knew the exact way he was going to use you. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God knew you before you came here. He knew the gifts he was going to give you. He knew the way that you'd be here at this time. And so you've got to stop and realize when you're listening to everybody else's definition and not God's definition for your life, you're living in second gear. And the sad part about it is that second gear, some people will think it's fifth gear. Some people look at you and think it's fourth gear, but you know it's not because you're being complacent. The second area you got to look at is you may have a supply demand. <laughs> you may have a supply demand issue, sorry. And, and what do I mean by that? You know, it's interesting right now in COVID, we have this whole supply demand issue. And the supply I'm talking about with you is your mindset. Listen, if God is our ultimate supplier, you've got to stop limiting yourself by what you can see you can do. And look at what God says about you. Second Corinthians 9, 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. But how's God going to supply and use you if you can't see it? Now, I talk about this having a bankroll zip code. See, many of you don't realize that whether it's the neighborhood you're from, whether it's the, your gender, there's so many things that, that the world has said that women shouldn't do. There's so many things that a little black girl from South Central LA, that my neighborhood, the thoughts and mindset my neighborhood put on me would have never been to see, be a CEO, would have never been to be running a multiple six-figure business, would have never been to have st staff on my team. But I had to move past the supply my neighborhood gave me and move into God's supply for me. Y'all get that? So whatever that might be for you. I know for a long time, I thought, how can I do this thing? Because I didn't know what to call it. My undergraduate degree is TV and film. It's, my expertise is producing and casting. How can I be a casting director and start? I thought I was going to be doing counseling. But see, that was me limiting what God could do. As my auntie has said to me over and over again, don't limit God's ability to bless you. I'm going to add to that, don't limit God's ability to use you. 
And so you've got to understand that oftentimes where you are is you're stuck in what was previous and not what is right now. Mm -hmm. See, being able to support your family, being able to do the work God has called you to do, all of that is why God gives you supply. You guys have heard me say this, those of you that have been with me and have followed me, you know that I always talk about you making profit, that your purpose was created to profit. Profit means gain. So if you're going to gain the world, it doesn't benefit you if you stay stuck in who you used to be, in the mindset that used to be where you were. If I'm going to have million dollar dreams and billion dollar expectations of God, I'm going to get my mind in alignment or it's not going to work. Listen, Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. See, God wants to bless us. But if you serve a small God, you limit what God can do, or he's going to let you settle right there. As Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, or as she thinketh in her heart, so is she. So what you thinking in your heart? Where's your mindset stuck? See, that supply demand issue will keep you right where you are. And many of you are staying in second gear because your mindset is saying, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Oh, I should be happy with where I am. Oh, I'm already doing great. Yeah, but God has so much more for you. When I look at who I am, my neighborhood, if it had its choice, should have been defined. Listen, my life should be defined by jail, drugs, or drive-by shootings. But God kept putting lights in my path mentors in my path, coaches in my path, my opportunity to go to college and the people I met. And so all of that began to show me what was possible, but I've got to believe what's possible. Mm -hmm. I think this was Rosalind that says this. I've been limiting God's ability to use me, but that stops now because I don't show God my true and great gratitude. Right. Because every act, you're either honoring God are you not putting respect on his name? <laughs> and those of you that brown for our previous series, you know, what I'm talking about when I say you got to put some respect on it. So how are you using your mindset to move the kingdom forward? If you limit what's possible, you will sit in second gear. You'll stay stuck right there. Never to go after all that's possible for you. And so sometimes it's your mindset in the way. Sometimes, the, so number one, the definition of, of success could be in your way and what other people are, are deemed as successful for you. Yeah, all my friends thought I was crazy when I was leaving entertainment. Shoot, I thought I was crazy. But God had another level of success for me. I didn't see what I do now. I, I didn't see how this could be possible because there was no such thing as coaching. There was no such thing as being a motivational speaker back in the early 90s. I didn't know any of this or it might have been a such thing, but I had never heard of it. My neighborhood hadn't given me the opportunity to see people like me. And what I realize now is I had to pick up the pen and define my life and stop letting other people do it. Number two, I had to look at my supply demand issue because my supply, my mindset was keeping me stuck in average supply, <laughs> keeping me stuck in mediocre and complacent. And when I did the work, so I started shifting my bankroll zip code and began to see all the things that had been defining me. Now, there are a set of values that define your life, but so many of us never define our values. So then those things don't define us. Everything else defines us. Mm -hmm. Number three, many of you guys lack being work. So because you lack being work, your behaviors don't align with where God is taking you. So what do I mean by being work? Now my clients know I talk about this all the time. I call it a, the be, do, have formula. They call us human beings, but we're not. We're human doings. Because we need to focus on what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And when you're living in a world that's defined by somebody else's success for you, when you're living in a world that's defined by the supplier demand that is already in you from where you came from, even those of you that have been through abuse or been through divorce or been through whatever, that supply demand to keep you where you are if you let it, if you don't do the work, which then speaks to this, which is you do, you do, you do what you know to do. 
But there's two things you need in any given situation. You need revelation and methodology. Revelation is the being work. So you stop being a human doing and you sit in your being. It's learning to let God speak to your soul. You know, a lot of the characters that I absolutely love in the Bible, one of my favorite girls, Esther, when she literally was faced with a decision that she could die, what did she do? She said, tell everybody to pray. She took it to God. If you look at the Bible, which is a book of the called, <laughs> and all the times that people had such a hard decision to face, they didn't sit in second gear. They knew they were supposed to go to fourth and fifth. And what did they do? They sat in their being. Even our greatest example, Jesus, who also had to go to fourth, fifth gear. You know, what's interesting is we talk about the cross. We talk about the cross. We talk about the cross, but we don't talk about the garden that Jesus went to before the cross, the garden of Gethsemane, when he sat in being in quiet contemplation and let God speak to his soul. It was in that place that he said to God, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He had to let go, but he had to send his being to be able to let go. And many of you can't let go of where you are in order to go after what's next for you. Your resume, your bio is done. To be able to go after what's next for you, who you are is great. There's a Bible verse, Philippians. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Philippians 3. Look, I just put my Bible in here too. This is, this is one of my first Bibles I got when I was in elementary school. <laughs> I thought to myself, let me put a spare Bible in here because I always think of a Bible verse and I always want to look it up. And Philippians, I think it's 3. Let me see if I can look it up quickly. I believe it's Philippians 3, uh, 14, and of course I can't find it because I'm trying to hurry up. Come on, Philippians 3, 3, where is it? Okay, now this is a, a good news Bible, so it says Philippians 3, 13 and 14, okay? Again, good news version. Of course, my brothers, I really do not think that I have already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I want, I run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Jesus Christ to the life above. Oh, God has so much for us to do. He has called us to do so many things. I was trying to see if that was a Bible verse I wrote down here. But if we keep looking behind us, and we don't sit at where God is calling us to go and be and do, we limit how we can be used. We sit in second gear. And again, I want you to see where you are. What area is keeping you in second gear? Is it that you're following someone else's definition of success? Is it number two, that you have a supply demand issue because your bankroll zip code hasn't grown past what you used to be? Number three, um, you haven't really, or I should say, do you really have a lack of being? You don't know how to sit in your being. You're so focused on doing that you don't sit in your being, which means your behaviors aren't aligned to who you really are. And then last but not least for this part one, number four, is that you aren't connected to your DNA, your distinct natural ability. Listen, in Jeremiah 1.5, and I love the story of Jeremiah, who, and by the way, Jeremiah was called, and again, we all are called by God, but I want you to hear the fear in Jeremiah when God began to tell him, hey, I called you, I put DNA in you. And it starts in Jeremiah 1.5. Now, again, this is a conversation with Jeremiah and God. And, and, and God says first to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, those of you that are saying I'm not ordained and I'm not a prophet, listen, ordained means to establish or order by appointment, decree or law. So God appointed you a special role in this world when he gave you the DNA, the distinct natural ability that he gave you at birth. Sanctified means to set apart as, to, to set apart to a sacred purpose. All of us are set apart. But if you sit in average or status quo, then you aren't set apart. You're sitting in what everyone else says you should be. You're part of the crowd. When God made you to stand out. And so when God says that to Jeremiah, this is what Jeremiah says back to God in, Gen in Jeremiah 1, 6. He says, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. He's telling God what he can't do. You know, Moses stuttered. There's person after person in the Bible that had some kind of issue against them. And here's what God said. And this is verse 7 through 9. 
Do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, said the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So you got to understand that when you start to get in alignment with God's greatest gift for you, God shows up. I've seen how God does that. I mean, in the middle of me being afraid, if I, I pray, Lord, and this happened, listen, if I'm going to be really transparent, last Sunday I did a sermon. I haven't be, spoken in church and done a sermon in years. God called me out of church to work in the marketplace to help you get clear on your purpose and to begin your businesses. But in the middle of COVID, God called me back into the church. I'm still doing marketplace, but I'm meant to be in both now. And so I said to God before I went to that church last Sunday, Lord, please don't let the praise team start getting the, 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 you know, the, the Holy Ghost take over the church right before I come up. Because of one thing I don't know what to do with. Because I'm not one of those people that go, you know, I'm not, I'm not prophetic. I'm not going to go, oh, well, I am prophetic. But I'm not prophetic in the church and telling people I'm more prophetic around your purpose kind of way. <laughs> so with that said, as soon as I stood a pastor introduced me, as soon as I got up to the podium into the pulpit, the spirit took over. And I was like, oh Lord. So first my nerves set in. At first I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to ever recover from this. I can't sing. There's a whole lot of stuff I cannot do. I started thinking about all that I can't do. I started being like Jeremiah who said, Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. So instead in that moment of me being afraid, I said, okay, Lord, what do I do? And he said, trust me. So I said, okay, I put my hands out and I just started having Holy Ghost dancing while everybody else was Holy Ghost dancing. I was praying, Lord, I'm giving this all to you. And as soon as I released it and let it all go to God, the spirit started to calm. And I'm saying that to you because I could have sat in fear and ran off the stage and sat my butt down, which is what I wanted to do. But instead in that moment, I just said, you know what? This is an atmosphere of praise. Let me just trust you, Lord, and let my have, I have my own moment of praise. I was reminded in that moment that when Jesus had his greatest fear, what did Jesus do? He got on his knees and he prayed. So you've got to understand that you have purpose inside of you. And so that's really why I'm walking you through this masterclass, because you've got to uncover your purpose. Your purpose has always been there, but you've got to do the work to uncover it. You've got to identify the platform it is meant to dwell in. And then from those two places is where you multiply your profits. You cannot move into fourth or fifth gear without it. But I also want you to identify if one of these first four areas of where you're stuck. And I want you to be clear on it because if you don't get clear on where you're stuck, you won't be able to do the work to move past it. And don't worry, I'm going to give you all kinds of strategy tomorrow night. So as you grow in your purpose and you grow you, you can begin to serve more. It's about expanding your territory. It's about doing more and touching more people that need you. We're going to stop here and take a quick commercial break and we'll be back for more. You know, lately, I've been thinking about how my life was before I fully stepped into my purpose. Now, from the outside looking in, my life was the picture of success. I had the job in Hollywood everyone dreamed of. In fact, it's what I always dreamed of. But the truth is, I knew there was more for me. And the barrage of friends and family insisting that I should be satisfied just made me feel worse. See, I knew there was something else greater out there for me. And if you're here with me, chances are you know that exact feeling or something close to it. See, maybe you don't love where you are in your career or your business right now. And perhaps everything looks good on paper. But you just can't shake the feeling that there's got to be more to life than this. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is. And I'm excited about what I've created to support you, to coach you, to find it, to get clear on it, to build a strategy around it. And it's called the Faith, Purpose, Profit, what I like to call the FPP circle. See, this isn't a surface level dive into your theoretical ideal life. It's a transformational experience that will help you get to the root of what's possible for you, plus move you through a proven framework that will help you create tangible results. Oh, and I have a gift for you. For a limited time, I'm offering $400 off. That's right. You get a $400 off scholarship when you join the FPP Circle now. And see, when the special gift ends, the offer, the program will go back to its original investment. Now, in the years of me doing the work, 
Many have asked me how to tap into your purpose to create more meaning, oh, and money that's tied to it. So much so that I had no choice but to build a program showing you how to do just that. See, this program, in it, you're gonna take a giant step toward living a life of purpose and profit with a proven framework that will really help you understand and walk you through a powerful curriculum that includes taking an assessment that gives you a report with insight as to how you're wired and work that aligns with it. Master lessons and worksheets and journals designed for implementation and to deepen your experience and exploration. You'll get group coaching calls with me, yes, with me, where you can ask me any question as you're doing the work. You'll get encouragement videos and tools to keep you motivated and inspired as you do the work. Access to a private Facebook group to connect with others in the FPP community and so much more. Learn more and enroll at fppcircle.com and be reminded my special scholarship of $400 is off in soon. So don't wait and don't limit God's ability to use the tools in this program to take you into your abundantly above all you could ever wish or think. I can't wait to coach and teach you as part of the FPP Circle. Our conversation for this week is why your business is stuck in second gear. The problem is many of you are in second gear. You think you're in fourth, but you're in second and you don't know it. So I explained that this is really an analogy um, from a car. And I was thinking about the time I learned how to drive a stick and how horrible I was at driving a stick and how I would stay in second because it was easy. And many of you are in second because it's easy, second gear. Matter of fact, if I look at it from a caterpillar butterfly perspective, those of you that have been with us for the last series, you know that you are no longer a caterpillar. But you, so that means you can't crawl yet, but you haven't fully grown your butterfly wings, which also means you cannot fly. That second gear means you're in the middle stage. So this is part two of a conversation. We start on Monday evenings. That's Monday evenings at 7 p.m. EST. That's fpplive.live. Always going to invite you to join me Monday for part one, and then we dig deeper here in part two. So I want you to get that everything I'm saying around your business being stuck in second gear is a metaphor that your life isn't going as well as it could be, that you're settling for good enough, that you're complacent, you're successful, but you don't push yourself to grow. Our foundational Bible verse for this entire series is for the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. That's Proverbs 1:23. Again, the turning away. So if you're going to act like you don't see that you're living in simple, that you don't see that you're living good enough, you're going to act like everything is great, but you feel like something is missing. That simple is going to slay you or and the complacency of fools will destroy you. Because God has so much more for you. And every day that you wake up to a job that feels like, uh, you know, you dread and regret every day that you're doing something in your business and you feel stuck or anywhere in between. You're either in the middle of your sleigh or you're complacent. So in this series, I'm sharing eight things that you must, uh, eight things that may be keeping you in second gear. And I really want you to assess where you are. Assess which of these eight, some of you will bump up against several. (laughs) So part one, and I'm not going to dig into the first four, but I'm going to repeat them here just for those of you that didn't get to join us for part one. You have context to this conversation. Here are the first eight that I shared during part one. Number one, you're following someone else's definition of success for you. Number two, you have a supply demand issue, which comes from your money mindset. This is your bankroll zip code. Many of you don't realize you, you physically have moved, you've grown physically, but your mindset is still stuck where you've been before. Number three, due to a lack of being work. So you, those of you that are here with me uh, week after week, you know, I talk about be, do, have as a formula. And so you've got to shift into your being because doing is not enough. Being is a revelation that God pours into you, but you've got to give God space to pour it in. Doing is the activation of it and in order to have a unique strategy. So many of you have a lack of being work. You don't take the time, which means your behaviors don't align with who you are. And the number four are, is you're, you aren't connected to your DNA, to your distinct natural ability, to your purpose. Many of you may be connected at some level, but you're not deeply connected to it. And don't worry, you'll understand what I mean more as we dig further into the final four 
things that may be keeping you in second gear. You ready? Number five, you're following an old plan. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember I had my whole life mapped out after high school. I was going to have the 2.5 kids. I was going to have this. I was going to do this. I was going to be a Hollywood producer. I had all of that. But what if God wants to grow you past that level, but you aren't willing to shift that plan you made? And for me, it was 1980 something. Don't judge me. Yes. <laughs> and it's not what if God wants to change you. What I know for sure is he's always committed to grow you, to stretch you. The issue for some of you is you're working from an old plan. And I want you to think about it like this. I'm going to use the concept of a football team. Now, I'm sure you've seen video, whether you watch football or not, you've seen how football players go back and watch their video from the game and they, they really plan and study to prepare for their next game. So what they're doing is they're looking at areas for growth, to improve, to enhance. They don't stay stuck in a five-year-old playbook or a 10-year-old playbook or a 20-year-old playbook. They create new plays. Matter of fact, if they stayed stuck to the five-year-old, 10-year-old, 20-year-old playbook, number one, the, the, the person on their team that got traded would know their plays. <laughs> but as you grow and learn and move throughout life, you need new plays. Proverbs 29, 18 says where there is no vision, the people perish. And again, some of you guys are working from a 20-year-old vision of where you thought you should be. But things have shifted, things have grown, and it's time for you to metamorph into something new. I talked about last week in our series, the difference between modification and metamorphosis. If you missed that, go listen, fpppodcast.com. I'm not going to get into that. But here is what I want to get into. We hear this Bible verse all the time, Habakkuk 2.2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth. So in other words, and that's King James Version. I should have looked it up in New King James, that he may run who reads it. <laughs> so when you make a plan and you're running toward it, at some point you'll be done with that plan. When you get done with that one, do you just stay there and sit and, and, and be in second gear? You, you may have been in fourth gear when you originally had the plan, but if you stay to it and you get to it and you're done, you're now in second. And some of y'all are in first. So then you've got to be willing to grow into what's new for you, which means you've got to go sit in your being to understand that. Y'all see all these steps connect, by the way. Number six so once you're willing to, to then stretch yourself and say yes to the next level of you, you got to number six, you got to be willing to submit to the process. And I talked about this again last week on our episode. I'm not going to go in detail about, well, let me just say this. For those of you that submit don't feel good to because that word never felt good to me. Sub means to get under. Think about mission. Mit is like a short um, submission, submit. It's to get under the mission. If, you, if you're going to get under God's mission for your life, you've got to submit to the process. What I see so many people do is they start businesses and it's taking too long, so they quit. Or, they, or it's not making enough money, so they quit. Or the strategy they're using isn't working when they may be using a plan that may not be working. That's why football teams watch their games, y'all. Just because the plan is phenomenal, you might realize that it's bumping up against your DNA and it's not working because it's not connected to your DNA. Come on, somebody. You see all these steps? Relate. So for continuing with Habakkuk, after you write the vision and make it plain and you run toward it, here's the next Bible verse 2, 3 of Habakkuk says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it would surely come. It will not tarry. The thing I think is interesting is we think it's taking a long time. Terry means that it's taking long or it's, it's taking longer than you thought it should take. But that's you looking in your, your human eye. God can see what we cannot see. God has plans for us that we don't even know. I was talking to my, my spiritual uh, covering uh, pastor yesterday and we were talking about the sermon I did a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying what you're going to want to do. And he was calling me out, y'all. So I'm saying this because this is me too. <laughs> he was saying in your human you're going to want to start networking and calling churches. He said, mm -mm, God opens those doors. And so because in my, my marketplace business, that's how we do business, y'all. But in kingdom business, it's altogether different. Now, I'm not saying you just wait and do nothing. I have action to take. But see, my usual strategy isn't going to work in this new arena God has me, and I have to do a different strategy. That's a whole other training that I'm not going to get into now. 
but I've got to be willing to submit the process. I can't say, well, this is taking too long. It's like, how many of you guys have had a baby? You know, in the ninth month, the baby's going to come. But around, and all my girlfriends that have had babies, all of them have said this, around seven or eight, you ready for that thing to come out? I'm tired of it. I want it out. And many of you feel like that about your purpose and or your business, but you're not willing to submit to the process it will take. It says your vision is yet for an appointed time. That means that you're going to have the vision, but it may not be real right now. You may know exactly where God is taking you. It's an appointed time. God knows the end of it. He wants to see, will you do what it takes to go and get it? I can go all into that, but I want to make sure I leave room for you all to comment. I got two more steps. Number seven, you, some of you are working jobs that just aren't a good fit. Listen, or you may be in a career that's not a good fit. I need you to understand for many of you, your current job or your current career or the current lane you thought you were supposed to go down is just no longer big enough for your gift. So you've got to be clear on your purpose. You've got to uncover it. You've got to identify the platform it's meant to dwell in so that you can multiply, multiply your profit. So I'm getting excited. <laughs> so I'm getting tongue tied. You've got to be able to uncover your purpose. See, it's always been there. You were born with it. And many of you keep walking past it because you can't see it. You've got to identify the platform that it is meant to dwell on. And then you've got to be able to multiply the profit that it will bring, not just for you, but for all the people attached to you. Matter of fact, it brings profit back to God. And I want you to understand that many of you are staying in your current career or current position out of obligation, out of responsibility. Our foundational Bible verse here is Genesis 128, which is my mission. This is God's call over what I teach, which says, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And I really want you to fundamentally understand this. We got one more step, but let me just say this really quickly. If God blessed you and said, listen, Alicia or Amanda or Dr. Um, Philippa or Dr. Laquetta or Kim or Erica or Joy or Rosin or Renata, those of you that are here with us live or Yolanda. <laughs> if God said, listen, I'm giving you this gift for you to have dominion. That means if you're gonna have dominion, and you have to have complete authority over an arena, just like a football player has complete authority over that field in the role he plays in the game. If he's going to grow it, he's got to be fruitful, which means to produce good results from the role he's in or else he gets traded or he doesn't get his contract renewed. And then multiply, that's called scoring on a football field. But for you, your scoring is all the people you bless when you do what you do. But when you end up in a dead end job or it's not a good fit for you, you're not being fruitful and you're not multiplying. Listen, in my Bible underneath Genesis 128, here's a note that it says, capacity and ability constitute accountability and responsibility. We should never be pleased to dwell on a level of existence lower than that on which God has made it possible for us to dwell. We should strive to be the best we can be and to reach the highest levels we can reach. To do less is to be unfaithful stewards of the life entrusted to us by God. So you may have a successful career, but you're being an unfaithful steward of the gift and life entrusted to you by God as the giver of our own living trust, bringing in our previous series. So I need you to understand obligation and responsibility is not enough to what you had originally committed to in your career because you're playing from my old playbook. Your ultimate obligation and responsibility is to God. So you're not responsible to someone else's definition of success, not to your bank or zip code, and not to your old plan. So this obligation and responsibility that you have to God really ultimately, can I tell you, bumps up against the, this one thing that I believe everybody has and, and most people don't recognize it. Number eight is you are afraid to fail, which means you're not taking risk. And if you're going to do something you've never done, I need, to, I need you to understand it's going to be scary. God's not coming for your resume. He doesn't care what your bachelor's degree, your master's degree, or your PhD is in. He doesn't care that you spent 20 years in the field. Oh, I could have told God all the things I had done in entertainment, the 10 years I had spent, the internships I had done, the production companies that hired me. Listen, 
I remember having to have this whole conversation with the president of a network. And I was like, oh, my God, is this the president of a network on the phone with me? God didn't care about that. He didn't care. He didn't care that I was casting the number one TV show in Fox. He didn't care about any of that. He knew there was more from me. In order for me to go after my more and come out of entertainment, those of you that have heard my story, I had to be willing to do it afraid. And I had to t risk it all to gain it all. What I learned in that place is this, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I think God puts us in situations and circumstances, so we've got to lean on him so that we can see his power at work. And see, when we trust him and lean all the way on him, we must do in order to trust him, I should say. We've got to do two things. And then I'm going to open up for, to hear from you. And I want to hear where you may be stuck in the eight areas and where we can support you. Yolanda's going to come in and share more as my co-host host on these Tuesday mornings. But I want those of you that raise your hand, I really want to support you. If you're stuck in one of these eight areas, I want to hear it. Okay. So if you're going to get unstuck, and ultimately, I believe every area you're stuck in means it's bumping up against fear or, or being afraid to fail. So to do that, you got to do number one, you got to stop relying on what you can see and what you already know and really to begin to trust God and the gifts he placed inside of you. Listen, there's countless stories in the Bible of people who had an opportunity to see God do the impossible. And I'm going to give you some examples in case y'all want to go read them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Luke 1, 26 through 38. Esther, y'all know that's my favorite girl. She's in chapter, uh, really, the, chapter four in Esther gives you the whole framework if you don't want to read the whole book. David, when he had to face the giant Goliath, which is 1 Samuel 17, and even though you've heard some of these stories, go read them, because there's so much context around it. Abraham and Sarah, who Sarah had a baby in her old age. That's Genesis 18, and then also read 18 through 21 chapters. Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat which is Genesis 37 through 45, those chapters, Noah and the ark. No, again, some of these, you heard these stories when we were little, but go read it so you can understand the context. If God said to me to call, I want you to build a boat, I'd be like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Lord, first of all, you know I don't know how to use a hammer. <laughs> but that's what God will do. He's not looking at what you already know. Genesis 6, 9 through 8, 22 is Noah's story. And then Ruth. Read the whole book of Ruth, probably one of the, not, not the shortest, but it is a short uh, book in the Bible. And again, if you don't know these stories, I want to encourage you to read them and look at God's hand in their lives and how they had to do what they did in the face of fear. The common theme of each of these people is determination, patience, and faith, and their willingness to be seen as what some may call crazy because they didn't understand what they were doing. Listen, if God would have said, Nicole, you pregnant, and you're a virgin, and you got to go tell your boo. I would have been like, um, you sure you don't want to tell your line of that, Lord? But see, Mary was one to do it in the face of fear. We don't realize that, y'all. We think it's easy for these things. And then if you, you want to look past a Bible story, then let me give you a few uh, people that we've seen do the thing that they do. People like Oprah, who got fired from her first TV journalism job. Or a nine-year-old little girl who practices every day in the backyard during the summer, year after year after school, year after year, who appears on, on Star Search, I remember that TV, loses on Star Search, and yet didn't give up. And her name is Beyonce. A junior high school student who does not make his basketball team, or it might have been a high school student, who does not make his basketball, basketball team. So he practiced every day the summer in between. Every single solitary day, all day long, till dark at night to become known as one of the greatest basketball players of all times. His name is Michael Jordan. So I need you to understand it's determination, patience, faith, and being willing to be seen as some may call crazy, but you're not crazy in the hand of God, in the eyes of God. You're doing the thing that God has called you to do, and you'll be responsible and accountable to the gift he put inside of you, which means you need revelation, and the second thing you need is strategy which is why I've been inviting you and really why I created my three-day masterclass, which starts tonight, y'all, which is called Purpose to Profit. So those of you that haven't yet registered, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to join us. How you do that is go to Purpose Profit Masterclass, excuse me, PurposeProfitMasterclass.com. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm going to put the link here for those of you that are here with us live. And the reason I created this masterclass, the things I'm walking you through is, is really to so for, for you to identify what's stopping you. And so you're going to need God, 
but you're also going to need strategy. And so in these quick moments together, I don't have enough bandwidth to give you strategy. But during our time together in the masterclass in three days, an hour each evening, you will get strategy. Okay. So I want you to get this. You see, God never gives you a dream, a purpose, checking who you know. He's not checking where you've been. He's not checking your resume or your bank account. He doesn't need any of that. So he's not checking any of it. He's checking your faith. He's checking if you can believe in the DNA, the distinct natural ability he placed in you. He's checking when you do the work to grow it. God has great intention for your life. And when you say yes to it, and even when you don't understand how it will happen, you give him room and even permission to do exactly as Ephesians 3.20 says, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Again, this is according to the power that works in us. So it's like having a cell phone, but you never plug it in at night to recharge it. Some of you guys haven't plugged in, that's that being, to connect to your power source so that God can download exactly where he wants you to be and then get with a coach that can give you the strategy to get there. So in our eight areas, again, I want you to be clear on where you're stuck so that I can support you. Those that are joining us starting tonight, 8 p.m. EST every night. I'm gonna read the uh, eight, hour, eight areas again that are keeping you and then we're gonna hear from Yolanda. But again, raise your hand, I wanna support you. That's what these conversations are all about. So number one, you're following someone else's definition of success, is that you? Number two, you have a supply demand issue when it comes to your money mindset, which is a, your bankroll zip code. Due to number three, due to your lack of being work, your behaviors don't align with who you really are. That's that revelation, by the way. Number four, you aren't connected to your DNA, to your purpose, to your distinct natural ability. Number five, you're following an old plan. Number six, you aren't willing to submit to the process, not your process, but the process that God has already ordained for you at birth. Number seven, you often end up or you may be in a job that's just not a good fit for you. Could be a dead end job. And number eight, you are afraid to fail or you stay stuck in your comfort zone because you're afraid to take risks. Those are the Eight areas that are keeping you stuck in second gear. We want to support you through it. So as Yolanda comes up to share, please raise your hand if you need support, have questions, have insight, have thoughts around those eight areas. Good morning, Yolanda. Good morning. My name is Yolanda Churchwell, and I help women entrepreneurs take the hassle out of their hustle so they can make more money and have more free time. Um, I hope I'm not sounding choppy because I went in and I went out and came back in. But I just want to say this, and I'm going to keep it short today. Um, Everything that you've been saying, Nicole, you said about obligation and responsibility to God. You said stop relying on your own trust God and the gifts that he placed inside of you. I want to add this, and it's going to kind of bring everything that you said um, together as well. Um, God gives us three things. He gives us time, talent, and treasure, and he expects us to give those back to him, a piece of those. But what he also expects are three other T's. He expects our thoughts, our talk, and our task our actions, our task to match up with what he has told us. So first you got to get your mind right. That's Proverbs 23, seven, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. It all starts. If you've read anything, you know that everything starts with how you think. Once you get how you think right, then it's how are you talking? Not only how you talk to other people, but what do you say to yourself in the middle of the night? What do you say to yourself when you're watching something on TV or somebody is speaking? What's your first thought that you say to yourself? Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. That's, uh, um, it'll come to me. Don't worry about it. Okay. So it's, it's important what you say to yourself. That's Proverbs 18, 21. And actually Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. The only thing that you should be saying when you say things to people and especially to yourself is something that will build you up. And finally, once you get your mind right and you get to talking to yourself and talking to other people right, then your the actions that you take, the task should line up with what God has given you to do. James 2.26 says, as a body without a spirit is dead, so is faith without works. 
Um, God, you have to give God something to bless. I say all the time, it's not about just praying and waiting. It's about pressing. It's about working what you know so that God can come in, as Nicole likes to say, and multiply. He can't give you dominion and multiply when you're not doing anything. Everybody knows that any number times zero is zero. So you have to be doing your part. So I'm going to need you to get your thoughts right. I'm going to need you to get your talk, especially your self-talk right. And then I'm going to need you to get your task in alignment with what God has called you to do. And if you're having trouble with any of those, first seek God and then get some help. That's, that's why God put us all out here. Get some help. Figure out the areas that you need some help with and get some help. That's all I have today. So good. So good. So listen, as you were talking, by the way, that was Proverbs 18, 21. I think this is one you're talking about. The tongue has the power of life and death. Um, I'm, re I'm reading New International Version, so it might be better in a different version. So nevertheless, <laughs> always excited to be here. Listen, as, as Yolanda said, we are meant to be good stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. And then she brought in our thoughts, our talk, and our task speak to if we're being good stewards. Now, here's some other tea words. Since you, since, you, since you brought in the tea, let me bring in some more tea. No pun intended that this is the morning, and this could be a morning tea. Come on, Lord, and drop that in my head, right? <laughs> your morning tea. So some of you guys have things you need to tackle. You need to tackle all the ways and all the things that are keeping you stuck and complacent and in good enough. Many of you have been settling and you may look good on paper, but you know there's a stirring in your spirit. There's something tapping into your spirit, if I'm going to say with T, that's telling you, hey girl, there's more for you to do. And I'm saying, hey girl, because we only have women here with us this morning. Then you've got to tend to the gift that God has given you. Listen. If we all are sheep, we all are sheep. It, the Bible refers to us as sheep so much. So if we're a, sh a sheep, God, Jesus is our shepherd. So if we go back to David and look at how David tended to his sheep, it's because David took the time to tend to the sheep. And, and listen, y'all, I'm not going to go into this whole David story as we're wrapping. Unless one of you guys raise your hand, I'm happy to hear from you, but I'm going to start wrapping up. So I want you to really understand, and I love David's story, and I always reference between him and Esther because I feel like both of them speak to me, <laughs> which is why I always reference them, and I did a deep dive. I did a deep dive on so many people in the Bible. But anyway, David, who got pretty much was told he was going to be king, he got the vision of being king and then went back into the field to be a shepherd. It was in that shepherd field that he had to fight off lions to kill that to keep them from killing his sheep. He had to fight off bears. All of those lessons prepared him for Goliath. It was him fighting Goliath that made him known. See, he wasn't trying to get known. He wasn't trying to be Facebook famous. He wasn't trying to have people know his name. He was willing to stand in the gap and literally tend to his people. And I wonder if you realize that when you tend to your 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 brilliance, to your purpose, to that thing that God has gifted you to do. When you tend to it, meaning you grow it. That's what football players are doing when they're watching their replays and shifting their plays. They're tending to it. And so I need you to understand that it's going to take you tending to it to actually be able to grow it and be all that God has created you to be. So that you're transforming. See, when I talk about profit, it's gain. And really, it's about you transforming all the people that are meant to gain when you do what you do. And I'm trying to bring Rosin up, and for whatever reason, I can't do it because she has her hands up. Yolanda, can you bring her up for me? <laughs> so I need y'all to get this. So it's time, talent, treasure that you're being a good steward over. And then your thoughts, your talk, and your task must be in alignment so that you can be a steward. But there's things you've got to tackle to keep it from getting you to where you need to be and there's your purpose you've got to fully tap into. And so if you're gonna fully tap into it, you gotta to tend to it. So it's like a, a seed that gets planted. Tending to it means you're watering it, you're growing it, you're cultivating it. And so these are the things I'm gonna walk you through tonight, well, all three nights. I'm gonna give you the strategy to move forward wherever you are. So again, that's purpose to profit masterclass.com. You see it at the top of our screen. Um, good morning, Yolanda. I mean, not Yolanda, Roslyn. <laughs> good morning. I think you're talking in mute. Let me unmute you. Can I unmute you? I, I can't even unmute you. Good there morning. you go. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. 
Hi, good morning. So I'm Rosalind, the Broken to Brilliance, the Broken to Blooming coach, and I help women heal and own from their past traumatic experiences to live full out who their purpose to be. And my que I have a question. Well, it's not really a question. I heard you. I heard it in tackle. I have my program. I do everything. I go to. I facilitate. I present all of these things. I have speaking engagements and everything, but I will not launch my program. I guess because I'm afraid to afraid to attach a price to it. And um, I even went to Mexico this week and ran into a potential client where. I realized, I said, you're sitting down counseling, you're sitting down coaching this woman and you should be getting paid for this because you're gifted. This is how you're wired. So my question is, what do I really need to do with launching this program? Because I am one of your former clients, so you know me. All right. You know, yes, Rosin, you know I know you. Exactly. You act like former as it's been years. Girl, it's only been months. So why would I know who you are? <laughs> so number one, and, and I love you, so I'm going to be honest. It's a mindset issue. So I'm, I'm telling you, you guys, when you cannot ask for what you're worth, you're looking, you're bumping up against your bankroll zip code. You're bumping up against your bankroll zip code. So you've got to sit in your being and do some work around your bankroll zip code. And you and I have talked about this. So it's really getting in alignment with a coach that can help you. And I make recommendations. And so I'm going to say this with all the love in me. The reason it's not doing, you're not moving forward is you're busy focused on do and you haven't done the being things that I suggested that you do. I'm not getting into it now because it's so much. I'm not going to put your business out in the street, as my mother would say. But you've got to sit in all the being things I recommended to you while we were together. Because I'm going to tell you guys, work, what is it, faith without works is dead. So works without revelation is also dead. So you've got to understand you need both. You can't do one without the other. And so what's bumping up against you is one, that revelation work. And number two, all the things from your past that you aren't willing to let truly be seen. And I'm going to say it like that tonight, as my mother would say, put your business in the street. But that is really what it is, Rosalind, with all the love in me. It's your past staring you in your face, which God is using it. Listen, the Bible verse says, is it, does the Bible verse say a couple things work together, a few things, or does it say all things? I'm saying this to Rosalind, but I'm saying to all of y'all. So there's no coincidence that you've gone through some things, you've been through some things, people have hurt you and used you and abused you. And I'm not saying that to minimize, but what I am saying is God uses all of it. You have nothing to hide, nothing to protect or defend. If other people get offended by you, that's their business. But when you are standing in all of who you be and you let your light shine unapologetically, all that other stuff will wither away. But you've got to be willing to do it. So you've got to risk it all to gain it all. That's the place that you're stuck in. That's keeping you in second gear. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So with that said, it's always my honor and pleasure. And, and let me say this. I, I need you guys to get this. There's, there's so much that God has available for you. And as women, and let me say this as black women, and I see a fella here. Hey, Mac. <laughs> so I'm not limiting men because men don't talk about it. Men will keep moving forward and I talk about it. So this does apply to men too is that there's so many things that, and, and Yolanda just said this, are thoughts, but our thoughts are infected by things that happened to us in our past and we stay stuck there. And we think because we've moved our body from there or we've had a mental shift, like I'm not dealing with that anymore. Well, just because you say it, if you haven't done the work, as Ayala Van Zandt would say, so that you can remove it from your entire being, then it's still present. It's like that white elephant that's in the room that nobody talks about, oh baby, it's still there. Listen, when I was 26 years old, and I'm going to end it with this, when I finally hired a counselor, uh-huh, when I finally went and got a therapist, because I don't care how brilliant I was, I don't care how many stages I was standing on, there was the same thing you just asked, Roz, and something was bumping up against my purpose. So I had a coach and a counselor at the same time. <laughs> my coach began to show me my blind spots that scared the stuff out of me. I needed my coach, I needed my counselor, and I needed God. My counselor began to show me all the dark places in my past that I had forgotten about because I kept moving, kept pushing, which is what we do as black folk. That's called slave mentality because that's what our ancestors learned to do because we didn't have time to deal with what we were feeling or we'd get beat because of it. So I'm sharing this with you to hold the space with you, especially if you have a PhD and you have a director behind your name and you think this don't apply to you, a uh, baby, it does. Because everywhere you go, there you be. 
So you've got to be willing to do all the work, not part of it, but all of it. And if you're willing to do it, I want you to know that God shows up abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Faith Purpose Profit Podcast. Now I want you to walk away from these episodes with value. So I want you to write down the answers to one of these questions. Number one, what was your greatest takeaway? Number two, what will you do different as a result of what you heard? You have heard something you've heard before, or you may have learned something new. Either way, don't take the insight that you got for granted. I want you to commit to doing one thing different as a result of what you heard. And then I want you to share it. Share your takeaways in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com and use the hashtag FPP podcast. Now, the last thing I want to ask you to do, if you got any value out of this episode, is to share it with your community. Post it on social media. Tell people to join our conversation by going to fpppodcast.com. Now, until the next time, be extraordinary, be unapologetic, be bodaciously all that God created you to be as you connect your faith with purpose so that as you be the answer you were born to be in this world, God can give you the profit you deserve as a gift for a job well done.